Welcome to Creative in Tech. Powered by Reed Speaker. Technology is constantly evolving, and the companies that adapt win. In this podcast, you'll hear from companies and thought leaders across various verticals who blend the art and science in one of the biggest growing spaces in technology, conversational AI. You'll hear how they're creating the touchtone experiences that will define the next generation of customer strategy. Join me, Carrie Roberts, your host for this podcast and the brand evangelist for North America at readspeaker.ai as we explore the intersection of creative and tech. Welcome to Creative and Tech, a podcast show powered by readspeaker.ai. I'm your host, Carrie Roberts, and I'm the brand evangelist for North America at ReadSpeaker. This show is all about highlighting the various brands and organizations and companies that are creatively using one of the fastest growing spaces in technology, conversational AI. Today, we are focusing on the retail and e-commerce space and how they are doing that. And joining me today is Colin Bournes, business development at Speechly. Welcome, Colin. Excited to have you here today. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Carrie. Excited for this conversation. So Colin, I've known you for a little while. You have quite a resume. You worked at VaynerMedia for a while. You worked in the startup world. Now you're with Speechly. What got you excited and interested in this space? What do you love about it most? Yeah. So to make it as as short as possible, um, I really got interested more from the perspective of investing and and looking at just new trends um, from more of an investment thesis perspective. So uh, even starting with my work at VaynerMedia, it was really to come in and and learn this space because uh, ultimately I've had a lot of interest to to work in, in venture and and on the startup side of things and saw the different things happening in in voice technology, conversational AI as this area where you know maybe I could go gain some some expertise and maybe kind of create my own niche uh, an outlook on the space and and try and look for investment opportunities and so. That's what led me to VaynerMedia to you know kind of get some experience, build a network in the space, and and ultimately what led to me working with Voice Punch, where um, I actually got that opportunity to you know invest into and and think through an investment thesis for this growing space of you know audio tech, voice tech, and, and conversational AI. And it was from that that I ultimately you know met the the team at Speechly and. Um, ultimately, they were just taking sort of a different approach to the voice tech space that. Based on all the things I was seeing at Voice Punch, particularly was interesting to me, and so um, have since joined the team there. I love it. I, you know, I think it's great. Everyone kind of comes to this space from a different element, and I think that's what makes it so robust. Now we are talking about the retail and the e-commerce space, either from your own personal experience and perspective, or maybe research or other conversations you've had. Where do you see the retail and e-commerce industry? Going and where does maybe voice technology or conversational AI fit into that? Yeah, and I, I think from the perspective of uh, you know just like a, an everyday user um, buying uh, on like an e-commerce platform or from a direct consumer brand, I think there's currently this big focus around you know just creating the most efficient experience for me to come to a website find what I need and ultimately purchase it. And if you look at the data, there can be a lot of sort of trade-off or loss of, of users from page to page. So really trying to create that efficient um, from discovery to ultimately purchase, I think is a big topic that we're seeing within the sort of retail and, and e-commerce space. And so I think that that is um, kind of like a natural 
uh, context or scenario for a voice interface to ultimately add another feature or layer to ultimately achieve that goal of creating the most efficient user experience. And so I think if you look at uh, just voice assistants or, or voice technology more in general, um, kind of using like the voice assistant platforms as a proxy, the top use cases are all about you know efficient command and control to get something done. Uh, so it's like weather, timer, information, but ultimately the real value of that voice interface is to get the user's task done really efficiently. And so I think in e-com, that's a very sort of natural fit for a voice interface where you can take the value that we've seen so far from voice, which is you know efficient command and control or efficiently getting a task done and can bring some of that to the, the e-commerce space to ultimately realize that that goal, I think, of where the space is at of creating these most uh, efficient experiences as possible for users. Yeah, and I actually, when I found out about Speechly and you have a fabulous demo on your site, I was like, I love this. It, it makes sense. I think one of the challenges for people is sometimes they can't envision it. They can't see the possibilities of where this could fit. Um, can you talk a little bit about what Speechly does and some of the use cases that you all have created in the type of things you're doing with voice? Yeah, so at a high level uh, at Speechly, we enable product teams, developers to easily add these voice interfaces to mobile apps and websites, uh, really really any device that, that has a microphone. Um, but rather than approach it from the perspective of enabling a conversational experience, we're more focused on adding voice as a feature or a layer of these existing applications. And you know, really just focusing on blending this voice interface alongside the other modalities that we have, so touch and type. Um, so really putting the, the decision of if a voice response or a voice input or any, any type of interaction with the, the computer ultimately, putting that uh, sort of decision more in the hands of the user and, and having these different tools to cater to what might make the most sense for the user. And so we're taking um, uh, more of a horizontal approach. So we, we developed a, a voice API that can be integrated into any of these experiences. But um, as we're, we're talking about here today, the, the retail and, and e-commerce space is definitely one of those sort of verticals that uh, we've seen a lot of attention or uh, a lot of interest at least go into. Yeah, and I'd love for you to kind of talk about the the sample that you have on the site because I actually use my phone all the time um, and I talk to it. I use that more than the assistant personally. And I'm talking to texting, I'm searching via voice, um, you know, waiting for responses, all of that. And in the retail world, one of the things that you do really nicely is you can go to a website and you can say, I'm looking for women's red jackets, size small. And it kind of you know organizes that data and then shows you what you want. And when I saw that use case that you your company does, I was like, it's so smart. Because it's, it's faster, it makes more sense. Can you talk a little bit about that particular use case and how a retailer and e-commerce brand could be using it? Yeah, definitely. So also, I just think for the, the listeners, if you want to try it out, speechly.com slash demos, and, and you can see this, this demo. But um, so within this, this sort of e-commerce, e you know, traditional e-commerce page, um, you just think about like from the, the perspective of voice as a feature versus integrating like a voice assistant. It can create this clunky type of experience if you're going to try and get something done and you need to force a conversation. So I think 
honestly, that's that's one interesting insight that we've seen um, with the the sort of e-commerce use cases that we've had is, I think that um, you know the the bigger technology companies, you know, your Amazons and Googles of the world have have done fantastic work to you know bring in all this attention back to voice technology. But I think there's some baggage that comes with this new reinvigoration in the space where pretty much the majority of experiences are you know, approached from this perspective of conversation. So input in, and then every time there's a voice input, there needs to be this voice output. So as you mentioned in our demo, we take a very different approach. We are focusing on that voice input and then just as quickly as possible showing the results. Um, and, and this is not to say that there isn't any sort of, um, uh, any sort of space for a voice response, but just thinking from the perspective of a user, like, do you really think that you need to have for each different piece of inquiry? If, if you just think about your standard e-commerce sort of search, um, um, behavior, if you could just imagine every single time you click a box that you had a voice response saying, did you mean to click that box or like something like you can see how that's just a very clumsy um, sort of angle to approach creating that experience. And that's fundamentally kind of what we're doing with a, a voice-only experience. Um, however, if you just approach it from the perspective of you know, what input and output mechanisms make the most sense for my user, I think we can get to these more elegant and more um, pleasing, I guess, end-user experiences that aren't necessarily completely driven by a voice-in, voice-out. But maybe it can be on the front end, say, okay, we use voice to, to say what we want and filter the results in real time. But that doesn't, that doesn't mean at the end of the conversation, you can't have some sort of validation that could come in the form of text or in the form of, of a voice response. Um, so I think these are those, those different types of design um, approaches that just quite frankly, haven't really been explored um, with where the voice space is at today. Uh, in e-commerce experiences, and I think ultimately um, can seem very simple on the surface, you know, just adding voice as a feature, but ultimately can unlock some of these different user behaviors to to really start getting adopted because they're actually meeting the user at their level and giving them, you know, delivering what they actually want, which is ultimately just to find a product and purchase it as quickly as possible. Yeah, I think that's really important what you just said about voice as a feature. You know, sometimes we're thinking so many parts and we have to have it all, um, or we hear what a large organization is doing, but sometimes we just need one piece to solve something. Like you said, that's faster, it's visual, it's much easier than typing it in. Um, if you don't know how to spell something, you know, it could work. I mean, and the ability to really pick up the voice and know what you're saying is done very well on the type of work that you all do. And I would imagine, you know, when I think of a retail initially, sometimes I think of shopping and I think clothing, which is the example you have. But you could do this with the food industry as well, which technically falls under retail, right? If I was at a restaurant or grocery shopping to be able to say something and it would pop up as well, correct? Yeah, and I actually think that's a good segue to another use case because the the demo or use case that we're kind of talking about is more, you know, maybe you have a product category in mind, or maybe you even have a specific um, like single object in mind. And voice can be a really good interface to you know get to that product or ultimately purchase and, and find a specific product. However, if you look at like the grocery side of things, and this is where. I think approaching voice as a feature can unlock some of these different types of use cases. 
Um, so you have this, the, the more general voice search like we just talked about. But then on the, the grocery side of things, so we work with this company called The S Group. Um, they're the largest retailer in the Nordics. And we help them create this voice-enabled grocery list, ultimately. Um, so you can think of in this sort of uh, user behavior, obviously, you're not focused on one specific product. You're, you're doing a whole list of products. Um, and again, this is, this is a, a demo that we have available. And, and is, seeing is definitely believing when we, when we are operating in this, this voice technology world. But um, that sort of uh, context is a perfect scenario for a multimodal experience. So if you could picture just being able to list out you know, eggs, ham, cheese, Ben & Jerry's ice cream, pizza, whatever, whatever it may be, um, whether it's a, an, let's say there was an error on one of those objects in the middle. Or let's say you wanted to make a slight change to the cheese. I don't want feta cheese. I want uh, cheddar cheese. If you could imagine trying to do that purely from a conversation um, point of view. Again, we're talking very sophisticated and challenging sort of user experience and, and might not even be the best user experience um, to create ultimately the most efficient shopping list as, as possible. So, so our approach is, again, integrating voice as this feature of the application where for, from the user's perspective, the way that we're seeing it, it be used the most is you have people come in, they know exactly what they want. So they're quickly listing those objects off uh, one by one and then going through in a multimodal sense to make those easy edits um, to the application. And, and I also think this is one of those interesting things about you know a, a read speaker who obviously provides the the, the text to speech or a speechly um, where we focus you know more on the front um, end of the the voice text stack. Uh, it really gives the power of creativity. Like it really puts that power in the hands of the product team because you know they don't just have to use one platform, let's say, to create this experience. So like with the speechly, you you would be able to keep a lot of that business logic within the actual application. So let's say for personalization purposes, there's no reason that all that personalization data should be living with the, the chatbot engine or the dialogue management, let's say. Uh, that recommendation engine, that personalization engine, makes a lot more sense to be living and, and owned by um, you know, the, the actual uh, grocery retailers in this example. So that if I go back and I say, you know, milk, eggs, cheese. Over time, it's just naturally part of that voice experience that it's going to understand me over time and be able to be you know, a personalized experience. And, and having that sort of complete control is very challenging to do with uh, just some of you know, the, the typical kind of voice tech providers that, that might be out there. Um, and why I also think we're starting to see, uh, even from the brand's perspective, perspective a lot more interest and complete control uh, of this user experience, not just in a voice experience, but experiences across the board, you know, digital experiences across the board. Yeah, I agree. We have seen that too, where, you know, some people say, okay, using certain things are easier, but then you lose the data and data really is king. And I think, uh, you know, one thing that's interesting about voice is again, thinking about what we call things. I remember a while ago, I had a discussion with teenagers about the difference between a sweater, a sweatshirt, a hoodie. Um, and just, it was a funny conversation. But when you think about search and retail, you think about what I think is a hoodie or a sweater. 
you know, maybe we're not going to find it, but you could look and see, okay, this is what this person's looking for from the data. Maybe we're going to call this thing those three, because if that's what people are referring to, and then they'll be able to find what they need versus if you type it in, it doesn't necessarily work that way. Do you think that that's another way to kind of utilize the data? Yeah. And I, I'd say it's, it's challenging because it, it's kind of crazy to think that, um, again, I, I, I think that we need to tip our hats to the, the Googles and Amazons of the world, but it's really hard to think that uh, a third party or a, 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 another brand is going to be their top priority um, to make sure that they have the sort of best voice-enabled experience for for their customers. And I, I think it's very challenging, like you said, to be able to fully cater a voice experience to your customers, at least from our perspective. It really takes a lot of personalization and tailoring because the way that a, a user might interact with, let's say, an Adidas can be very different from a different e-commerce site. Like It's very specific when we're talking about this natural language um, versus more keyword search. We find it can, it can vary a lot more on a customer-by-customer customer type basis that it's not as easy just to have some sort of off-the-shelf model that we are just going to assume is going to be able to understand all the jargon in, in retail brand-by-brand. I think it really takes that attention um, by the companies themselves to make sure that they can tailor uh, these ultimately these these speech recognition models to to actually understand their specific user and and not have to rely on um, more of these generalized models. Yeah, I agree. You know, as you said, you kind of focus more on the front end. Our company, Read Speakers, focuses on kind of the the back end or the the second part of what happens in a conversation. Where do you think uh, if people say, okay, well, I, I have this opportunity, I want to create a really robust voice conversation with you know, uh, music and a special voice and images, and they want to create all of that. Where does that kind of fit in and where is that maybe in, important when you think in a retailer e-commerce space? Yeah. Um, so f- I, I guess from my perspective, like it can be challenging because I think there's one part of my brain that likes to think... You know where where is this going in the years ahead? You know, where, like where can we envision this going? But we kicked off this conversation with like where do we think the e-com retail space is at today? I think from what I've seen, there's still a lot of focus and attention purely on efficiency of this this shopping experience. That I think we could have a conversation. Ideally, like this is where I could see the opportunities going. But I think the the better conversation to have is what like what are your users telling you? And and obviously users can they only know so much. So you have to take it with a grain of salt. But I think users are saying we want an efficient shopping experience. We want to get this thing done. And so I think from from my perspective, uh, if I was building a voice a voice experience, I'm thinking, okay, how can I get my users to the product that they want using this voice feature as quickly as possible. And are there any sort of pieces of that experience, whether it be visual, it could be um, some sort of of product or or thing that shows up on the screen or or different sort of UI elements that go alongside the search, or maybe it is some sort of uh, text-to-speech that is not necessarily guiding the whole conversation, but is more keeping the, the conversation or the user in line with ultimately like what we think might be the end task. So maybe the the voice response doesn't need to be there to confirm each step along the way, 
But you know, there could be this sort of natural end state of like a typical buyer journey, let's say. So like if a buyer gets to this end state, maybe that's where it makes sense to test uh, some sort of voice response. So I think playing around with um, this combination of voice input and then where like and voice output, but not necessarily in tandem side by side the whole time is this sort of like design philosophy I'd like to see explored a little bit more. And I, I ultimately think will lead to uh, more utility from these voice experiences and, and uh, hopefully there, from there more adoption. Because that's the other thing we've seen, whether it's the, the, the general voice search or the grocery list type search. Once it clicks with the user, it is very sticky. And it's very... It's a, it's it's not common that you're going to go back to the way before. You know, like once there's something that's more efficient, why like why would you go to the way before? But it's educating and finding that that sort of user behavior that makes sense on a case by case kind of user by user or company by company basis. Because I I just think that's where we're at, quite frankly, with the industry today. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Um, like you said, it doesn't always have to be the same thing everywhere. You can take pieces of it or certain things and see what works and test it and see what your consumers um, are looking for. Uh, yeah, sometimes we're kind of building or creating these in a silo. And it's five or six people creating something and we're not really experiencing it. Um, I've been in retail situations. I just had one recently. I was in a store looking for a television. I had looked online to what I had. It told me to go into the store. I go into the store. They don't have it, <laughs> even though it said they had it. And then I say, I see something that looks similar. I said, well, is this the same? The person doesn't know. She goes, well, you have to order it online anyway. I was like, what kind of, what was that experience? You know, and exactly what you're talking about to be able to use voice to search for it to come back. But even how could I use that in store? Not just in mobile at home, but you know, it's not about getting rid of maybe the actual retail space. But when I go in, if the person who works there maybe doesn't know, it can kind of differentiate and say, okay, well, this is comparable or this is what you were searching for or here it is. You know, there's so many use cases and sometimes we personally have to be in on the grounds and really being there and testing that out as well. Yeah. And to maybe go off of that, like to a use case that like me, the user, so it could be a one of one, who knows? But like I said, we, we've done work on the, the grocery list creation side of things. Um, and I, I'm now at this point where if I go to the grocery store without a list, I'm, you know, I'm all over the place, right? <laughs> but if I have my list, like they've gotten to a point where it can be like, okay, we'll start in this aisle and we'll actually make you look like a normal person going through. That is like one of those perfect use case scenarios, at least from my perspective, where the voice input makes a lot of sense on the creation of the app. But once I get to the store to have a voice navigation, because you know I have my AirPods in the whole time and, and usually my phone right in front of my face, I would love to put that in my pocket and have you know like an actual voice, a more voice assistant navigation experience at that point. So like that, that's like again one of those scenarios where um, we're just still so like we're just in the early days of this thing that I think getting people to try out different, um, you know, just try out different projects is is really a, an untapped opportunity because. First off, you know you have the value of uh, a voice interface, which at least at this stage seems to be to create these efficient experiences. What what the, that efficient experience looks like varies industry by industry. But I've something that I've been thinking about a lot, and that gets me excited. Of kind of like you never know where this might go is this idea of like natural language data. 
Um, I think we've all gotten so used to, you know, keyword search and, and, and like the short, like, yeah, short form keyword search where just having the ability to get this natural language data that is all ultimately a user telling you exactly what they want, like that just seems like an untapped, um, not untapped, untapped wouldn't be the right word, but it just, I get the impression or my assumption is that this new like data source and this new way of interacting with users can lead to these un- like unknown use cases that are, are hard for us to imagine now just because we haven't really spent the time to even really think about what that means. Yeah, again, another good point. And like you said, for people that are maybe unclear about this, you do get data in the back end that is saying what people are saying. So if they're asking for something, you can adjust. Um, and this is something that's constantly kind of being updated. It's not a one and done type of thing. We are talking in June. We are recording this in June during Pride Month, which is really about inclusivity. And I always think it's not just always about this month. It's always through the year. How do we be more inclusive to a variety of people? Do you think inclusivity is important in the retail and e-commerce space? And is there any way that we could use voice technology to allow for more of that to be prevalent, just more inclusivity when we shop? Yeah. And I I think the best way to think about this um, in a very simple kind of use case, first off, like there's this whole conversation around you know the actual core voice technology and and making sure that it's inclusive of um, you know across the board understanding people because there's a clear um, lack of of I don't know if conversations the right word but we can do better in terms of the understanding of of our models and they're not inclusive of of everybody as it as it stands today um, it's it's not a shock let's say that if i as a 25 year old uh, white male go and talk to the voice assistant i i have a very different sort of assumption of if it's going to understand me than a lot of of my peers um, however from the, from the perspective of of pride month i i think this is another Example of where it's very tricky to um, expect these big big tech companies at the end of the day who are the core providers of these voice technologies. It's really hard to, from the perspective of a business who's using these tools, I think to to really ensure that they can create these inclusive experiences. And so, in the retailer ecom side, like one thing that we see a lot right now is there's there's all these different lo- uh, lines that are. Um, you know, promoting or supporting uh, Pride Month in some capacity. So this this might seem very simple, but just even the ability to understand and adjust models to fit for like those sort of product lines, it might seem very simple. And it is very simple if you're using a tool like a Speechly to account for um, product updates like that, whether whether it's Pride Month related or you know related to any sort of uh, product update. Um, I think putting that control, full control, in the hands of product teams is really the only way we're ever going to get to this like ideal vision of like a fully inclusive tool set for these these voice um, for voice tooling. Because again, I think we can we can see that it's it's tough to like put all our hopes in the the basket of big tech. Like they're they're great at a lot of things, but they they fall short at a lot of other things. So. Um, giving that control to the actual brands and businesses to make sure that they're being inclusive is is a, a bet that I would rather make than betting on um, the the big tech providers on, on doing it for us. Let's say. 
Now, we are focusing so much on retail and e-commerce today, and we talked a lot about use cases and and different ways to use voice. For retail or e-commerce companies or industries, if they're like, okay, I'm ready to get started, or maybe I have something, what's maybe one tip that you would give them in terms of either conversational AI or voice technology? Yeah. um, I would say that there's, there's... The first question that I would ask myself is, is a voice assistant the best use for my business in voice technology? Whether that's a general voice assistant skill or action on an Alexa or a Google, or whether that's an independent type voice assistant, you know, from like a Raza um, inside an app, or would my company or business benefit more from just voice as a feature? So, um, again, you can create these sort of more conversational experiences, but. Uh, just thinking through um, from your user's perspective, what is the the best sort of first step? Because I think it can lead you down two very different paths um, based on that decision. And and ultimately, I don't think that there's enough um, deliberation at this point when it comes to to voice technology to even consider um, what's possible outside of you know just voice assistance alone. That's great. If people want to connect with you or learn more about anything we spoke about today, where's the best place to do that? Yeah, you can uh, reach out directly to me at uh, Colin, that's C-O-L-L-I-N at Speechly.com. Otherwise, come uh, go and check out our our website, Speechly.com and and, and also those demos, which is just Speechly.com slash demos. And uh, we'd love to kind of hear any feedback from from the space and and what people are thinking, uh, opportunities with voice tech, really exciting times. Thank you so much, Colin. It's wonderful to hear your insight and what you're all doing at Speechly. I greatly appreciate you being here today. Yeah, thanks for having me. And if you are watching or listening, don't forget to subscribe to our ReadSpeaker AI YouTube page, as well as our audio podcast, Creative and Tech, wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening to Creative and Tech. Want to learn more about conversational AI, text-to-speech, or be notified of our upcoming episodes and events? Learn more at readspeaker.ai.